0: Everybody was just in this state of stunned amazement. It was, this has actually happened. I cannot believe this.
1: This is Cold War Conversations. If you're new here, you've come to the right place to listen to first-hand Cold War history accounts. Do make sure you follow us in your podcast app or join our emailing list at coldwarconversations.com. We speak again with Gillian, who was our guest in episodes 42 and 48. Gillian was in Berlin the night of 9th of November 1989 and describes what she saw. Now, if you like the podcast, you can help to support us for the price of a couple of coffees a month. You'll be helping to cover the show's increasing costs and keep us on the air Plus, you get that sought-after Cold War Conversations coaster too. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate. So, back to today's episode. Gillian gives us the viewpoint of a US student in Berlin on that pivotal night. She tells us of her first discovery, that this was going to be a night to remember, and the sights and sounds that she saw. We welcome Gillian back to our Cold War Conversation. So you were just chilling in West Berlin. Yes. And the 9th of November, you're watching TV?
0: Uh, we were actually listening to the radio. Uh, yeah. My friend's roommate was in the other room watching the TV. And my friend was practicing his English by listening to the BBC. And, you know, I was like, oh, yes, definitely coming along. That was better. That was better. And <laughs> all of a sudden, my friend's roommate comes in from the other room and said, did you just hear that? Oh, no. No. Uh, Kristoff over here was practicing his anguish. Well, let me see if they're going to run it again. And they ran it again, and it was unmistakable. Oh, free travel for East Germans. Oh,
1: so this is the Shabovsky yeah. interview where he, where he's asked uh, when it, when when does this free travel start, and he looks at his piece of paper and says yes, so, forth, so forth immediately. And
0: so we grabbed our jackets. I grabbed my camera as well. And we just went outside in the direction of the Berlin Wall. And
1: we just... And And were there lots of people on the street at this point? uh, the,
0: The streets were starting to fill up and got, I'd say, even more full by the second. Because everybody was walking out of their apartments. Everybody. Because it was, is this real? Is this real? And we heard the crowds building on the eastern side. And then I'd say everybody just lost track of time because history was happening and we were all in the thick of it.
1: Yeah. So where did you head towards?
0: Well, first we headed in the direction of the wall to make sure that this was actually real. And then we just started walking back towards the direction of Kephurst and Don and all of that, you know,
1: so, sorry, when, when you, sorry, I'm just interested to know. When you say you walk towards the wall, did you go to one of the checkpoints? Or? Um,
0: I can't remember exactly. I think that we walked towards Charlie because we were, I, I, I think, fairly close to Charlie, if anywhere. And when we realized, right. oh, this is actually happening. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're coming. And they're all East German. And yeah, this is wild. Oh my god!
1: When did you first see your East German Trabi in West Berlin?
0: Uh that was probably at about two o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So I'm jumping ahead. Okay, keep 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 going, Julian. Keep going with the okay. with the story. So you had so you had to the coup d'arm the Kurfürstendamm
0: yeah. and. The entire coup was just full of people. I mean, everybody was just there. They came, they had come spilling out of their cafe, spilling out of the restaurants, wherever. And we just sort of got caught up in you know, the thick of everything. Because of course, Banhof Zoe was nearby. Square around Banhof Zoe was completely full. Yeah.
1: and. And and what time was this about? 11 o'clock at night by this point. Yeah, plus or minus
0: around 11 o'clock at night. And so we were just, you know, everybody was just in this state of stunned amazement. It was, this has actually happened. I cannot believe this. I have to go outside and check for myself. Oh, my God. And so you just had probably the entire population of West Berlin just out in the street and then as I said it was about 2 o'clock in the morning when I first saw a Trabi in West Berlin and on the hood of the Trabi was a banana a bouquet of flowers and a can of Coca-Cola and I thought welcome to the West you are now here you have plenty of bananas you have Coca-Cola when you want it and here have some flowers, why not and so as I recall, the you know, myself and a couple of other people, we went to Yorick's, which of course is in the basement of Van Hoen, to so, see if they had any bananas, because we had this lovely harebrained idea to go ahead and hand bananas out. Apparently all the bananas had been bought, <laughs> because everybody had the same idea. So we walked out of there, and we were singing the banana boat song, because of course by that point, yes, we had been... We were completely electrified by the occasion itself, and people were popping corks and were, we're you know, popping the corks out of bottles of champagne. And so, you would get past a bottle of champagne, you'd take a swig, and you'd keep it moving because it was it was history, and everybody was there. And so, yeah, we were a little sozzled, because there was champagne being drunk. There was just the occasion itself, I honestly do not think there was much sleep had over the next three or four days because who could? <laughs> you were in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, so it was, you were basically in Party Central, Kaversendam, and around the zoo station. Hi, this is Rhonda in Virginia, and I support Cold War conversations because I think the work that Ian is doing is critically important. Get the sought-after Cold War Conversations drinks coaster as a thank you, and you'll bask in the warm glow of knowing that you're helping to preserve Cold War history. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate to find out more.
0: Oh, God, yes. All over, and then that next morning when I got that picture, Charlie's retired, uh, we were sort of headed back, you know, We were headed back in the direction of, I think, Schoenberg and everything because we realized, oh, we have not eaten. (laughs) We need food. And I saw Charlie's Retired on the wall, and I said, I've got to get this. I have got to get this picture. And so I just went ahead. I snapped it and, you know, thought almost nothing of it until – I got the print back, and then I said, "Oh, I've got to duplicate this." And so I must have made oh, at least ten copies of it. My father has a copy of it sitting on his desk.
1: <laughs> it's a great, it's a great photo, and Gillian, uh, I hope you'll let me share that on the uh, show notes for this.
0: Oh, please do, please do, because I, I, I took it at probably like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. And well, it's 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 pretty good in focus considering the amount of alcohol and the uh, the time, the fact you've been up all night. So, uh, well done.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: I mean, it was like,
0: oh, okay, yes, we're just going to go ahead and shoot some random pictures, and I thought I got lucky. And we headed back to this little cafe on Hauptstrasse, which was then called Andreasöfer. It's now Naya Sofa, and we walk in there. Saw a few other familiar faces, and of course, we needed coffee. We needed food, and appropriately enough, uh, whomever was you know playing records in there immediately queued up David Bowie's "Heroes." You can only imagine.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What else could you put on? I mean,
0: absolutely. Hey. I mean, I just think it. Wait a minute. And that album was made steps from here. Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. So on th- that ninth of November, what what was an into the tenth, what was your most abiding memory of that night? What is there one thing that sort of stands out for you?
0: I think probably seeing the Travi. And knowing, just seeing that hideous, bright green car, you know, driving into West Berlin with, and a guy behind the wheel with this huge grin on his face, like, yeah, <laughs> everything changed two minutes ago. Life is good. <laughs> and seeing that and, and knowing, okay, from here on in. This is the reality. There isn't a Berlin Wall.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean, talking to East Germans at the time, obviously some of them weren't certain that it was going to be permanent. I don't know whether there was that it, that sense in in West Berlin that you know this might be a temporary measure just to release no. the pressure.
0: I mean, we had this feeling that this is actually going to be the big, fat change. And we didn't think that it was going to be temporary. We were, I'd say, fairly well convinced that, all right, this is the reality now, starting now. And as we moved through that weekend, it became abundantly clear to us that for the East Germans that we saw, because they were given, I, I think, a hundred Deutschmarks of welcome money. They were spending that money and they liked what they bought. And I thought, all right. Yeah. They like being able to walk into the record shop and pick up music. That's of their own choosing. They like being able to go into the clothing store and actually buy clothing that fits well. And of course, the other place that I thought was absolutely insane at that point was their uh, discount store, Bilka, which is one of the kind and <laughs> completely unlike anything that I've ever seen in the States. But it had, I think, 10 tons of cheap makeup. And I saw all of the East German girls buying the cheap makeup and saying, wow. This stuff looks like it's so much better quality than anything that I would ever have in East Germany. And I thought, they're not going back. No way. They have what they want. They have the quality. And they can also buy as much as they want. Hmm. Okay. They're not going back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in those early days, well, it it wasn't apparent right from the start that – East Germany would cease to exist at that point. It appeared as though it may well exist, but with open borders and might find a a third way between um, West Germany and um, communism. But um, it, it sounds like the seduction of Western consumer products was as strong a mechanism as you know freedom to travel really in terms of its downfall
0: oh absolutely absolutely because i remember going into h&m because of course given that everything was so crowded i couldn't get back to Stagwoods to my host parents and i thought ah, we have a problem and that was when i discovered the store h&m because i thought oh I can buy things here for short money, and they're reasonably good and will not fall apart in the watch after only two wearings. Okay, we can do this. And so I remember going into H&M, and there were all of these East German girls going absolutely wild. It was, oh, I can get it in blue and red. Wow, excellent, I want both. And I thought, okay. All right. Instead of that nasty gray scratchy wool, you now have this. Excellent. And so I walked out of H and M with a couple of black turtlenecks. But all right, I'm sorted. Go back to my friend's house, do laundry, and actually put on new clean clothes. And while the other stuff is finally washing, and I thought, yeah, this is what happens when you end up in the middle of history. It was okay must find washing machine because i couldn't get back to Steglitz because banhof zoo so was too crowded i could not get on a train no way
1: <laughs> and when when did you leave berlin were you were you there still a few more days after the wall had come down
0: oh i was there for about another month oh wow that's how long the school term was and i was doing my independent study project about bauhaus architecture so i Still had to go to the National Gallery. I still had to go to the Bauhaus Archive. So I was doing all of that in the middle of everything in the world changing. And that was, I'd say, also quite the adventure because it was, all right, I'm trying to write this independent study project and just look at the world. Wow. Yeah, history is
1: happening all around me.
0: Yeah, history is happening. The world is changing by, by the minute. And meanwhile, I'm writing an independent study project about Bauhaus architecture. And so I was there for about another month. And I have to say that I spent a lot of time when I wasn't, say, researching or writing, uh, just wandering around Berlin, going into the Christmas markets, because, of course, it was like uh, this time of year, and uh, just watching how all of the East Germans were completely, I'd say, overwhelmed by the level of choice that they had. I mean, I remember watching some of these, you know, particularly the older East Germans walk into Cade Bay for the first time and, you know, are practically knocked over by, oh my goodness, this is just the temple of consumerism. So much stuff, so many things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know whether you've listened to my interview with Ancha, um, who lived in East Germany. She's written a book called The Girl Behind the Wall. And uh, in the chat that I have with her, she um, describes going into Cadeve and just its sensory overload. Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: you know, of course, just remembering Sixth floor of that store with all of, I'd say, the fine chocolate, the coffee, the baked goods, the fine wines, the liquors, everything, and all the rest of the food. That in and of itself, for I'd say almost any normal person is, where do I start? (laughs) Can I start with the chocolate?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Did you cross back into the East at any point during that period? Yes,
0: I did. And, you know, of course, the comparison, because I didn't have to show passport, go through nasty checkpoint, it was, oh, I seem to be here at what was Charlie. Dip, 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 dip. Okay. And that was when I recognized, all right, yeah, this is definitely going to be different. Give it a little bit of time. And for that matter... Uh, November 12th, which was when they brought the wall down at Potsdamer Platz, that will always be very dear to me because, well, first of all, the Vim Vendors film, Wings of Desire, and the scene with the uh, little old man in the library, and he's asking, Bo well, is to Potsdamer Platz. And.
1: Yeah. Great, oh, great film, by the way, it, Gillian. That's a, a good a good choice yeah. of imagery there. One of yes. my favorite films, that.
0: I mean, and then, of course, I'm standing there thinking, Ich habe die Potsdamer Platz gefunden. And, of course, having gone back to Berlin a few times since then and thinking, that shopping mall and that Dunkin' Donuts. Hmm. Yeah. Right in the middle of no man's land. Because I will always. Yeah.
1: It's. Yeah. It's unrecognizable now. I mean, yeah, I remember walking around Potsdamer Platz when the, the wall was was still there and the tram lines just disappearing into the wall. And um, now I can't even work out where oh, I was standing.
0: I, I mean, I, I remember the last trip that I made to Berlin and my dad said, so where were you standing when you were helping to bring the wall down on November 12? And so I was trying, you know, it really took me a little bit of time. But, I, you know, when I was able to see Philharmonic building and I thought, OK, I see the Philharmonic over there. Mm, I think I must have been right about here. And of course, I'm standing there and I'm laughing my head off, thinking, "Ah, uh, yeah, I probably have this completely, yeah, you know, completely backwards." And you know, my and and my father was uh, saying to me, "Okay, so you were right about there. Let me take that picture." I'm just like, "Dad, you're too much." And so, basically, it was you know, it was so incredibly cool to, of course return to Berlin and end up a few times utterly lost because in my mind all roads led east and stopped.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that November twelfth date, that that as you said, was when they opened Potsdamer Platz as a as an extra crossing point. And I think the mayors of East and West Berlin met there and shook hands as well. I think it was quite a, quite a symbolic day,
0: though. Oh, it was a beautiful day. It, it was glorious. It's absolutely glorious.
1: And so when you crossed into the East, you didn't have to do your 25 Deutschmarks and anything like that. It was just like crossing the road, or were there some checks?
0: There, I, I think you just had to show your passport. And then it was just sort of like the nod didn't even get a stamp nothing it was they nodded at you and then you wandered along and i thought yeah it, it, you know how different is this wait a minute wasn't it just six weeks ago that it, uh you had me detained hmm?
1: <laughs> yeah it's me with the purple hair and the leather jacket <laughs> yeah,
0: <you> know, hello <laughs>
1: yeah yeah wow Fantastic. Is is there anything else you would like to uh, share with the listeners around memorable moments or, or things that you think were uh, important that you saw or experienced at the time?
0: Uh, largely that it was just – it was really one of those moments that if you were there and you saw things unfolding, I'd say gradually, But you really didn't have this sense that the wall was actually going to come down because it was, oh, no, 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 no. That wall is built of such reinforced concrete. No, 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 no. It's not going to come down. And then when when all of a sudden it did, you know, it was this feeling of, all right, the people have spoken. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I presume I presume you, you grabbed your own piece of the wall and you have that? You? I
0: have numerous pieces of the wall. In fact, my mother has some of the, I'd say, larger chunks that I brought back.
1: If you like what you are hearing, sign up to our email list at coldwarconversations.com. We have further photos and information on this episode in our show notes, which will show as a link in your podcast app. Don't forget, if you'd like to get a Cold War Conversations coaster and help keep us on the air, head over to coldwarconversations.com slash donate, or again, click on the link in your podcast app. If you can't wait for the next episode, Do visit our Facebook discussion group where Gillian, our other guests and listeners like yourselves continue the Cold War conversation. Just search Cold War Conversations in Facebook. Thank you very much for listening. It is really appreciated. Goodbye.